This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Greg Kelly Show. I was uh, chatting with, <clears throat> excuse me, what's going on here? Congressman Loudermilk. Loudermilk, what a name. Uh, what a guy, actually. He's uh, he's very impressive. He's brave, a Republican out of Georgia. And you'd be surprised how few Republicans actually want to talk about January 6th. Uh, well, the Democrats already kind of created the narrative, and everybody seems to accept one version of this, so it's better for us to all move on. Uh, no, it's not, especially as there are people who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody, languishing in federal prison, some who haven't actually even been uh, they haven't had a trial after three years, almost no trial and they didn't break anything and they didn't hurt anybody. These are political prisoners. Um, Ashley Babbitt shot and killed unarmed, unarmed woman. There's not a police department in the country that could justify that shooting. And Lieutenant Bird, Michael Bird, the trigger, happy, uh, itchy trigger pulling guy. Uh, he gets a gold medal, literally a gold medal. And we all pretend that the Capitol Police Force is somehow professional. It's not. Um, it's a joke. Uh, they can't. They can't do the job. They just can't. It needs to be gutted. I think you got to put the federal marshals in there instead. And you got Harry Dunn, that great big fat dope, uh, walking around with a gun. Hey, you can be fat. I'm fat, but you can't have a gun. Uh, on Capitol Hill, yelling and screaming about how much you hate Republicans and how much you hate Donald Trump. That's what he does day in and day out on social media. This is fascism. You can't be in uniform, unelected, with a weapon, working for the federal government, yelling and screaming publicly about your political views. It's not allowed. It's against regulations. It's a, It's got to be against the law. It's definitely against regulations. You're not allowed to engage. You know, you hear about the Hatch Act. You can't. It's definitely in violation of the Hatch Act. He's walking around, roaming around Capitol Hill with a gun, uh, lecturing, lobbying members of Congress. And Loudermilk knows this, and he doesn't like it. And there's another guy up there on Capitol Hill who wants answers about January 6th. And remember, these questions haven't even been asked officially. The January 6th committee did not ask about Ashley Babbitt. They never even mentioned her name. And come to think of it, that reminds me, Mike Pence, America, I'm not sure what Donald Trump is thinking. I just know that he and I have a different view on the Constitution. Does that sound like Mike Pence a little bit? Anyway, uh, Mike Pence uh, played footsie tootsie with, uh, with the left and with MAGA at the same time. I know we all have our doubts about the election. But come this Wednesday, we'll hear the objections. We'll see the evidence. And everybody goes crazy. He was trying to fake you and that he was possibly going to do something uh, that we think he was entitled to do under the law. But, yep, it was definitely, I guess, novel, right? Was not necessarily standard. It was different, different from other uh, certifications because there were members of Congress and senators who had those objections and put them in writing and were ready to actually, you know, move it forward. They never were able to do that before. They never had a senator and a congressman objecting. 
in writing, and this time they did. But all he was going to do was allow for two hours to debate and say, okay, very good, it is still certified. Stamp it, rubber stamp it. And he was actively encouraging people to think otherwise. He knew. He knew what he was going to do. Nothing. He knew it. But he didn't tell anybody. Remember that about him. And remember this. The FBI to this day uh, will not say that they did not have FBI agents and sources in the crowd. They will not say that they did not have FBI agents and sources in Capitol Hill, on Capitol Hill, inside, waiting for the crowd to arrive, and that these FBI agents and sources were actually dressed as MAGA people, right? They were undercover, so they were wearing MAGA hats. They were wearing, you know, dungarees and jackets. You know, they just looked like uh, regular, ordinary people, not FBI agents. He was asked point blank about this. And he doesn't deny. It'll be the easier. Well, I can't talk about techniques and uh, procedures. Yes, you can. I see it all the time on. I, I, <laughs> I've seen it all the, on the Discovery Channel. You make every FBI agent available, and they talk about techniques and procedures, undercover work. I, we, they make movies about this. They make documentaries about this, and the FBI cooperates with that stuff. Now, what's the problem there? They could have. <laughs> they could have called ahead and said, "We got a big problem here. We need reinforcements. They're coming that way." I, maybe they were being guided by the FBI. Maybe they were being encouraged by the FBI. The big question is how many agents were floating around. And Clay Higgins, the Republican of Louisiana, seems to have figured that out potentially. Can I hear this? He was on. Uh, he was on cable last night. Let's go. Yeah, very similar from my perspective, sir. The, the FBI was was not only involved in the act, actions on January sixth. From within, they had, uh, I suspect, uh, over 200 agents embedded within the crowd, including agents, or as they would call, human assets, uh, inside the Capitol, dressed as Trump supporters, before the doors were opened. Um, Beyond that, the FBI had embedded themselves and infiltrated uh, online chat groups and, and websites and social media accounts across the country with any group that was discussing uh, objections to COVID oppression. And the FBI, you know, effectively infiltrated those groups. And when you track the, the text threads and the communications within those groups and find the origins of suggestions of potential violence or, or an active occupation of the Capitol on January 6th, you'll, you'll find that those... Those messages were led by members of the groups that ended up to be the FBI agents that had infiltrated the group. So the FBI's involvement was deep, not just on J6, but on the days and weeks and months prior. And, of course, the the video that's just recently been released also showing the Capitol Police welcoming in uh, people into the Capitol, uh, not trying to keep them out as we were led to believe initially. Stop! I just point out, and this is a great interview, but uh, <laughs> I've had evidence, video evidence from, I think, a couple of days later that the cops were letting people in. I mean, I, I, I saw it. If you've ever seen some of the other projects I'm involved in, uh, you've seen the video. Talked about it a million times. There's a little cop waving people uh, into Capitol Hill. There are uh, officers on either side of a hallway right next to a, an entrance just standing there as uh, as the crowd comes through, seeming to welcome them. There are the three cops who just walk away 
and allow the crowd to kind of ravage outside the, 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 the house chamber. There's that flimsy door that they start kicking and breaking windows and going nuts. And then uh, Ashley Babbitt is shot by Bird moments later. Why do those cops leave? That's a hell of a time to take a coffee break. So um, this narrative, yeah, he's right. The narrative has taken hold, but there's been evidence for a long time, baby, a long time. And Liz Channel, more on Liz and her silly book in a moment. Keep going with this, though, please. Undermining this whole insurrection narrative. Congressman, we're also now learning through new court documents. Special Inquisitor Jack Smith demanded a list of Twitter users that liked or retweeted social media posts from President Trump. Congressman, as the Democrats have largely abandoned the Constitution, and with the corruption that we've all witnessed at FBI and DOJ, it doesn't take much imagination to see socialists in the Democrat Party using a list like that for government threats, government intimidation, and government coercion. Can Republicans in good conscience continue to fund a DOJ and its operatives in light of their partisan and what I see as anti-American actions? Conservative Republicans certainly stand against funding uh, a DOJ and FBI that is clearly weaponized against American people. Uh, we, we're taking a hard look at rebuilding the whole thing. So let me say regarding Jack Smith and his request for another list of American citizens under some alleged uh, legitimate investigative effort. Uh, I'm, I consider it a badge of honor to be on another one of <laughs> Jack Smith's list. So I just say that his, his days are numbered and American patriots are not going to stand idly by, good sir. Uh, and, and allow our, our republic to dissolve. You know what people are saying on the left? Oh, wait, his days are numbered. What is he saying? What is he saying? He's talking about defunding Jack Smith. And there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. Jack Smith indicts the president twice. And, yeah, he has these lists. And guess what? He's on it, and I'm on it. Why am I on that list? Because President Trump retweeted some of my content a couple of times. It was awesome, by the way. And he did that for ordinary citizens. He did it for people with cable TV news shows. He did it for, you know, everybody. He was doing, If he saw something interesting, he might retweet it. He might like it. And the other thing that Jack Smith has actually subpoenaed, uh, he did this a while ago. They already have this. He forced Twitter to hand over the names and accounts and the information, the content of everyone that um, Donald Trump ever retweeted. That's me. And anyone. Whoever followed him, unfollowed him, liked or unliked or retweeted him. This is millions and millions of people. This is data mining. This is not what they're supposed to be doing. But it's data mining with a great deal of specificity. It's dangerous, dangerous stuff. Hey, do me a favor. What is the phone number for the radio station, please? I got some people who want to call. I got a, what is our, what is our number? I keep forgetting. 1-800-848-9222. Did you just say that on the radio? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And uh, you can give us a call like uh, Barbara did. Sorry about yesterday. Yes, hello. Hi, Greg. No, that's okay. I know yesterday I didn't get through to right to the end, although I was dialing for about 40 minutes. But you're so popular, people want to comment and, and interact with you, and that's wonderful. Um, I saw your show last night. I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'm so hopeful that you will be 
a real influence on other conservative media to follow the January 6th trail that you have not ever given up, but other people have. I see things on your show again and again that I don't see anywhere else, and especially as it deals with the cops letting people in that day, and especially as it deals with Ashley Babbitt and those those uh, uh, Capitol Police who walked away right okay. before she was killed. It was amazing what happened. And, um, you know, sometimes I worry, am I showing this too much? Am I talking about that too much? And uh, uh, I shouldn't worry about that. I mean, this is how this is how the left this is how they often drive the narrative. They're not afraid to be relentless. They're not afraid to be redundant. They're not afraid to be repetitive. They just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and hitting it all aspects of it. And uh, and we and I've been hitting it. Thank you for noticing. Every now and then I, I worry, am I talking about this too much? I don't know. You know what I mean? And I can't worry about that. It's important. It's, you know, it, it's, 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 it's important for the country. You know what I mean? And quite frankly, I'm a patriot first and a broadcaster second. So, um, uh, although the broadcasting is very important to me, you know? So, um, and, uh, whatever the boss wants, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I am, uh, I, I want to cooperate, obviously, but, Thank you, Barbara. So we got to keep hitting it. Anything else? Greg, there are millions of Americans across this country, people just like me, who have gone out for years now and demonstrated and made our voices heard and stood up for our Constitution and our country. Millions of us. And when we look at what happened in Washington, D.C., we know that that is not something that Trump supporters would do. It's not something that supporters of the Constitution would do. I don't know. I've probably stood with five, six, seven thousand people over the years, maybe more, um, at different places. And when our side goes out to demonstrate, we are so careful, we are so polite. No one ever gets hurt if the police come and say, move off of this place because, you know, it, it might inhibit traffic. We instantly move. We clean things up before we leave. We're very respectful yeah. of other people's rights and of what we're doing. So when I see January 6th called what it is by the progressives, I know that's a lie. And I'm looking for people like you to bring out the truth, as are millions of Americans who know that it is the truth, that that was an instigated um, event, that those were not supporters of the Constitution, yeah. let alone supporters of Trump. Thank you so much, Barbara. And I'm honored, by the way, to tell the truth. And I'm so honored and blessed to be working with people here at WABC and beyond who uh, are patriots as well. And um, it's uh, it's 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 really remarkable. And I'm very grateful. But there's so much work to be done. Thank you by all patriots. Right. We'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, so is it obnoxious uh, when somebody dies who's famous for uh, them to put the picture up with the celebrity in uh, in question, right? Uh, put a picture up of the two, uh, you know, so-and-so died, you know, uh, uh who died? Who died recently? Give me a name. Rosalind Carter died. Oh, here's Rosalind Carter and I in 1995 at an event. Uh, rest in peace. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it a little bit D class A? Uh, arguably, but uh, I do it. <laughs> I do it. I do it. I do it because actually, if somebody meant something to me, or somebody really, you know, I I had a something that is, yeah, I don't know, significant, significant to me. I'm actually going to probably put it out there. What the hell, you know? Community, I, 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 well, why not? That's what social media is for. So I, I met. Uh, now I wouldn't do it just. Hey, I met this guy once. I actually spent some quality time with Henry Kissinger. Not to drop names, and you can look at it. I talk about it on my Instagram. I'm big on Instagram now at Greg Kelly USA at Greg Kelly USA. But I thought we'd hear from his um, his boss, Richard Nixon. Um, sometimes these guys were rivals and sometimes they were a little bit jealous of each other and, uh, they had a weird relationship, but I think it was uh, definitely respectful, mutual respect. Although Kissinger would badmouth him from time to time, go around blabbing, you know, the, mm. but, uh, listen to Richard Nixon. This is, I think is in like 1990. All right. Talking about his national security advisor and later national security advisor and secretary of state. Kissinger had both jobs at the same time. Pretty wild. He also worked for Gerald Ford, um, too. Uh, He stayed around for the Veep. All right, hit it. Kissinger is, I think anybody who has met him or worked with him or heard him speak, is without question an intellectual genius. He is also a world-class strategic thinker. I think what impresses me the most about Kissinger, however, is his stamina. It is absolutely incredible. There is no one in the world not in history, not now, not in the future, who can outwork or outlast Henry Kissinger in negotiation. That's why he's a great negotiator. I never thought the president would talk about my stamina. I happen to be excellent in the negotiating table and, forgive me, in the bedroom, perhaps... As the people say today, that is TMI, but it is true. Trust but verify. All right, that was a bad Kissinger. Sorry, I used to do it. Thing is, you got to do very low. It's hard. You got to like bring your voice down, then it's whisper. No disrespect. I like the man a lot. Many thanks. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. 
You know what I love to do? It's kind of a hobby of mine. Um, read books that the fake news loves and then do book reports on them that blow them out of the water, that uncover all the lies, all of the mistakes. You'd be surprised how bad uh, left-leaning people are at writing books, uh, especially the ones they try to label nonfiction. <laughs> There's all kinds of fiction. I've done it uh, numerous times now, and uh, it's just a blast. Uh the one I think that was my favorite was Maggie Haberman, Maggie Haberman from the New York Times, and who go, runs around lying as if she's telling everybody that she's a Trump expert. She doesn't know Trump better than anybody else. Yeah, she got a couple of phone calls from him, but uh, has never made a real effort to understand him and just runs with old, stale, inaccurate anecdotes. And I busted her in about 10 different mistakes in her book, and I put it on social media. It drives them crazy. Another one, um, Michael Bender, he writes, he used to write for the Wall Street Journal when he wrote a book about, uh, frankly, I did win this election, and it's, it's, he accuses Trump of, that's the name of the book, frankly, we did win this election, that he really lost, that's the subtitle of the book, uh, Michael Bender, and I found a bunch of lies, overt lies, like things that he must have known were false, he put in the book, social media is great for this, and what do they do? They block you sometimes or sometimes they fight back. But usually when you got the goods on them and you present the evidence, uh, I did it for Cassidy Hutchinson's uh, latest book, latest book, her first book, overt, absolutely just black and white things that are not true that she says. I can't imagine. I How did this stuff make it past legal? You know, I wrote a book. I wrote it in uh, my, my great uh, publisher, Threshold Books, you know, they had a lawyer. They went through it. I had to back up everything I said in the book. It took a long time. Like, I was surprised at the fact. I'm glad they did it, but I was able to back up everything. And, um, oh, so Liz Cheney, the horrible, terrible, scheming, uh, ruthless, greedy Liz Cheney has come out with a book. And uh, this is how nasty she is. You know, when you text message somebody, well, she screen grabs every text message she ever with all of her colleagues and puts it in the book. I think there's a reasonable expectation that you're texting somebody. It's not going to wind up in a book. But they say, you you know, be prepared, you know, never text anything that you don't want on the front page of the paper. Nobody would ever text anything then. You got to it's a reasonable expectation of privacy. Well, she puts all all in her book, and it's all self-serving. For instance, any summary I've ever given anyone about a conversation I've had with anyone, guess who comes out ahead? Me, right? That's you, you, you always think, and it's all about emphasis, right? So anyway, this is a big news item in the book because CNN got an advanced copy, and they're so excited about, ooh, what Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney exchange with each other, Okay. So here's their, um, this is the producer over there. I don't know who she is. She's, mm, I don't know who she is, but she comes on air every now and then when there's a big story that she's been working on for months. And here she is with the big scoop. Are you ready? Here we go. It's, it's kind of stupid. Go ahead. And she writes, get ready. Cheney, Mar-a-Lago? What the hell, Kevin? Kevin McCarthy. They're really worried. Trump's not eating. So they asked me to come see him. Cheney, what? You went to Mar-a-Lago because Trump's not eating? McCarthy, yeah, he's really depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that jerk who's laughing? That's even, that's the most offensive part. 
I want everybody to digest what the hell just happened, all right? And I actually have to digest it, too. This is Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney texting each other. Liz is upset that Kevin McCarthy went to visit Trump in Mar-a-Lago. I'm sorry, just one more. This is from the book, her new book that comes out Tuesday that I will be buying Tuesday morning and reading. I can read a book in a day. And I will be blowing up. I know I can do it already. All right. I, I, I just know it. I know I, I, I know it's going to be rife with errors and fact and false facts and everything. One more time. And she writes, get ready. Cheney, Mar-a-Lago. What the hell, Kevin? Kevin McCarthy. They're really worried. Trump's not eating. So they asked me to come see him. Cheney. What? You went to Mar-a-Lago because Trump's not eating? McCarthy, yeah, he's really depressed. (laughs) Now, let's go through it. Uh, Depressed. Is it possible that Donald Trump was depressed? Yeah. The presidency was taken from him. I think he probably won. Whatever. He's no longer president. Let's say he lost. Let's say he won. No longer president. You go from being the, you know, the president of the United States to not being the president of the United States. That, I'm told, throws just about every ex-president of the United States. It's it's a difficult time. It's a difficult transition for anyone. They're acting like this is, oh, my God, and somebody's chuckling at it. And somebody says, well, he's not eating. Uh, I guess Kevin McCarthy, this is according to Kevin McCarthy, he's telling Liz Cheney, they told me to come down and cheer him up. He's not eating. Now, the way she delivered the story is like, oh, he's not eating. Well, you know what could have happened? Like, I could just see... Kevin McCarthy on the phone with, I don't know, Jared or some staffer down there saying, you know, you should, hey, you want to. I could actually see Kevin McCarthy coming down and saying, I want to see the president. Yeah, that'd be great. How's he doing? Yeah, you know what? Ever since he uh, left Washington, he's not himself. He's kind of angry about what happened. You know, he's actually lost his appetite a little bit. He's not eating as much as he normally does. Like, right? Couldn't it easily have gone down like that? Instead of, he's not eating, he's depressed. It's all in the delivery. It's all in the delivery. And I do know, actually, that he started to play tennis when he got back. He wanted to drop some weight. When you're under stress, what do you do? A lot of people eat too much. I personally have been eating a lot of Fritos. Fritos corn chips. They are my favorite, and for whatever reason, everywhere I look, there's free Fritos everywhere. And, you know, some guys, when they're under stress, I'm told, go to the gym. (laughs) I don't like those guys, all right? They're not like regular guys. Most of us grab food and eat. I would like to change that. I'm working on changing that. But when you really got stress, when you're really trying to do something, when you're really trying to move a rock uphill, you don't uh, get a facial, all right, uh, you, you, you don't do uh, 60 minutes of cardio. You don't go to spin class, right? That's what uh, models do, I guess. Pretty boys do, like Gavin Newsom but and, and like Barack Obama. Barack Obama at one point was working out twice a day at the gym, uh, twice a day. You think he's really working for you and me as president? He was working twice a day. So he wanted to lose a little bit of weight. Everybody, this is why we like the guy. We understand him, and he understands us, Trump. And the other thing, you know what they were really appalled at? Donald Trump, in response to the Wall Street Journal, uh, total rhino-ish, total uh, establishment, globalist, you name it, 
Well, what about Henry Kissinger? He's a globalist. Stop. I'll get back to that. No, he's not. He's certainly not a deep stater. Not a deep stater. The opposite of deep state. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Trump said that Obamacare sucks. <laughs> he said it in a true social. Everybody knows that Obamacare sucks. Well, guess what they freaked out about? Not that he doesn't like Obamacare, but that he used the word sucks. How unpresidential. Well, you know who became like the hottest presidential candidate for, granted, not long, but he was a big deal for about six weeks. Who remembers Beto O'Rourke? They put him on the cover of Vanity Fair, born to do this. Beto O'Rourke, congressman from a nowhere district. Why the hell was he presidential timber? Why, why him? He runs against Ted Cruz and loses, and somehow he's like the next big thing. The whole fake news establishment for about six weeks was all about Beto. What was he before he was a congressman? A rich kid, by the way. He was a nanny. He was a, After college, he becomes a nanny. I joined the Marine Corps, and this is the hottest guy since sliced bread running for president. What made him really special, though? The F word. He wasn't afraid to use the F word in public. And every time he did, the crowd went wild. They just thought it was so awesome. Wow, Beto, he's getting down with the people. And the people, I will say this, in Texas, or yeah, Texas, when he was running, they all went bananas whenever he said the F word. I don't like the F word in public. I've made this quite clear. I hate I, I don't like every time I say it and I have said it in like in, in business settings, I apologize. I don't like now in private. You can say it as much as you want. There are a lot of creative ways to talk about the F word, but that's between you and uh, whoever. I don't know. Um, I don't like and that's how he became famous. Can we find Beto saying the F word? We'll bleep it out. Beto and his F word. And that made him presidential. Donald Trump speaks the way people speak. Obamacare sucks. And he's a threat to democracy. Beto and his F word. Do you remember that? Am I the only one who remembers that? Um, Mimi, hello. Greg, uh, I just want to speak about that um, a 24-year-old in Israel and an elderly woman were killed. And a a third person they didn't mention uh, in a terrorist attack this morning in uh, Israel. So, um, and I'm glad they released the uh, prisoners, but uh, the Biden administration is not speaking about that. And then uh, to January 6th, they always say that that there was a mad crowd uh, listening to uh, President Trump. It wasn't mad. They loved each other. Uh, And uh, I also saw on um, a video a woman was dragged. She was the second woman that was uh, killed in um, January 6th. The, uh, you see the police officers dragging All right, her. Wait, I, Mimi, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. What, all right. All important stuff. Are you talking about Ashley Babbitt? What? Again. What? Well, you're getting up from me. What? I'm trying to get everything in. Well, I don't. You can't get everything in. All right. Pick one and develop it because I can't. I can't follow you. All right. Just. Take a time out. What do you want to say about one idea, please? I'm sorry, but I gotta. We gotta narrow this down. January sixth. I know that you know that they were killed in the terrorist attack. Okay, I mentioned that. But uh, on January sixth, I saw on the video a woman 
was dragged to the side. One uh, one video, one part of many videos that I saw. She was the second woman. Ro- Rosalind Boyland. Rosalind Boyland. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, and then I saw a woman in handcuffs. Uh, All right, you saw a lot of things on video. What's the takeaway? What's the bottom line? I, I just want to say that uh, it's their it, it's they're hiding things. We know and, it. Uh, we know they're hiding things. Uh, we know they're hiding. Mimi, I admire your passion. They are hiding things from us. The January 6th committee, they basically deleted all kinds of uh, documents. Uh, they don't want anybody to see what they did or what they actually know. It was a sham investigation. There's real information that uh, Congressman Loudermilk and other truth seekers like me need to see. Uh, Speaker Johnson only gets partial credit, partial credit for putting the, uh, what do you call it, uh, for putting the um, uh, security tapes online. Because he's only put a couple of hours. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours. I think they made 100 hours public. Hasn't said the whole damn thing yet. All right, I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. You remember when I said uh, everybody gets upset when Donald Trump uses, uh, you know, bad language, a dirty word here or there. But they swoon when a Democrat does it. They absolutely love it. A great example is when uh, Barack Obama used the N-word. There's a great example for you. Uh, And uh, and that's a really bad word. Uh, But how about this? The F-word, when Beto says it and he's running for president, it's considered absolutely charming. And the crowd goes wild. So here he is speaking on a crowd of people. He's walking around in that silly blue shirt he wears with a microphone. Go ahead. Hundreds of rounds of ammunition and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, but it's not funny to me, okay? Wow. They you know what you know what word it was? The MF. MF. Now Trump once said that I think about somebody. And it was like an aside, you know, granted the crowd actually went nuts as well. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You hear the word, you know, if you say it, if I say it and you know, no one's going to like give you a round of applause. But if you say it in public somehow, like why do comedians say it all the time? It's unnecessary. But somehow it it works for the, I don't get it, but uh, uh, but when Trump does it, the crowd may go wild, but the the media goes crazy and they're all oh, horrible, so unpresidential. But Beto, he's charming. Oh, Beto, Beto, Beto. Um, also known as Bob. His real name is Robert O'Rourke. Bob O'Rourke, right? That's not exactly an exotic name. Bob O'Rourke. Beto. Beto sounds so uh, weird. <laughs> I don't know. All right, listen, I got to go in a moment. So uh, let's do this. Sandra, hello. Hi, Greg. Um, you know, the caller before this just recently who was kind of frustrated, she was right. There was no mention, I haven't heard about the two terrorists that just went into Jerusalem and killed a rabbi, a principal, a teacher, and six others got wounded. And oh, my God, yeah, the, this bombing that happened and a shooting as well. It's all so horrible. Forgive me, but her emotions got in the way. I couldn't, and she was upset. And she was talking too fast, but I apologize to Mimi, and uh, but it's just horrible. All right. Now, Sandra, thank you. Anything else? Yes, I wanted to say, but on the good side, 
Pixar, I was very happy to see the 17-year-old high schooler was seen carrying her sister dog, Bella. I can't get over that. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Your phone is a little bit uh, iffy today uh, for some reason. Ellie in Mineola, hello. Hi, Greg. Uh, I know you're short on time. Okay. I believe there's a connection between the recent uh, federal judge that ordered the FBI to turn in the work and personal laptops of Seth Rich within 14 days and with Tucker's three-week-ago visit with Julian Assange. Um, I think that these, these are connected. I really believe Seth Rich had a lot of damning information on his laptops that he sent to WikiLeaks to Julian Assange. If We're going to have to watch in two weeks and see what comes out from all this. You know, it's interesting. Back when Seth Rich was a big story, I was uh, in a different place politically. I was. And uh, uh, I remember it. And it was, oh, it's debunked as a conspiracy. I need to know more about that. And uh, uh, Tucker, is uh, he's, he's just, thank God for Tucker. He's just, uh, we, we're relying on him. But we need to help him and all get more active. I'm going to get smart on that, Ellie. Thank you. Uh, Biden, I'm uh, sorry, Joe, uh, Hi. Hello, uh, Greg. Yesterday you mentioned what's up with Biden's eyes. When I'd come home as a teenager and I had smoked pot and drank beer, my father said, your eyes look like two piss holes in the snow, and that's what his eyes look like. And I'd like to ask him a question. Does he have a current picture when he was still alive? It looks like he, this man can't be president. He looks like he's, he'll look better in the grave, in, not in the grave, in the box, you know, for the wake than he does now. All right. I well, mean, yeah, he does look kind of like a mummy. Idiot. What? Not a mummy, like a like a stiff. Yeah. All right. All right. Listen to you and your maniacal laugh. All right. We want we want everybody to. All right. Thanks, Joe. Oh, Adam is standing by in uh, not in Mineola. He's in Hempstead. He insists he's in Mineola. I don't know why you keep doing that. A lie is a terrible way to say hello, Adam. Well, Trump can't lie no more. They got that gag order back in place, so he can shut his mouth now. You know. Hello. Really can't stand this guy sometimes. Uh, what? <laughs> Did you hear me? Did you hear me? No. Adam, I'm this close to banning you for life. All right? Your little chuckle there. I already know what the news is. Come on, say something creative and different. All right. You got to stop trying to, you know, bring up conspiracy theories about convictions that already happened. Like George Floyd and January 6th. Cons- Give it to their lawyers. Convictions that already. Have- you don't tell me what to do. All right. Uh, have you seen the movie The Fall of Minneapolis? Yeah, for a guy like you who's been incarcerated twice for long stints. Actually, I'm sorry, three times. You know, right. you know, you know that the, the the system is flawed and can railroad an innocent man. Although in your case, you were guilty and good for you for admitting you were guilty. But. We've seen it. We've seen wrongful convictions. I see it every day. Some guy getting out of jail. And the family is there and the lawyers are there. It happens. And you know what, uh, Adam? It happens to white people as well. Falsely convicted. Did you know that? No, I didn't know it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it happened to a to a good friend of mine on Long Island. Uh, Marty Tankliff. Falsely convicted. A white 17-year-old, all preppy and rich, with a beautiful tailored suit. And they threw him in jail. You know why? Because they were envious of him being 17 and rich and in a beautifully tailored suit. 
They they falsely convicted him of killing his parents, and I think they falsely convicted Derek Chauvin. You got to watch that movie and then call me back. I'm giving you a homework assignment. All right, you got to do this for me, Adam. I want you to go online. Uh, you got a computer, thefallofminneapolis.com, thefallofminneapolis.com. You can watch it for free. Adam, you can't okay. call back until you watch that movie. All right? You got to watch the movie. I appreciate it, everybody. To be continued. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.